Welcome to Pick and Pod. We are back after about a three-month hiatus. He's Andrew Posadas. I'm Jimmy Sullivan with you. Happy you could be along with us. We are recording this podcast at about 2 o'clock on Friday afternoon, the third straight day without NBA basketball in protests of the uh, racial injustice going on, the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, the Bucks kick-started this, as we know, on Wednesday with their boycott of Game 5 against the Magic. Other teams soon followed. There were no games yesterday. There will be no games today. Games are resuming tomorrow. Uh, Andrew, as I bring you in here, uh, and you've obviously watched this over the past few days, what, what have your thoughts been on these protests, on these strikes, if you will, by uh, NBA players uh, essentially refusing to play games, and that's uh, inspired players in other sports to take uh, similar action as well. You know, Jimmy, I, I can't fault Milwaukee. I can't fault the entire Bucks team for just just deciding that, hey, we're not going to come out, we're going to boycott the game, and we're going to send a message because – I think at the end of the day, uh, the things with having Black Lives Matter on the court and being able to incorporate some commercials and some time to address racial injustices and social injustices is necessary. But I think for the players, Jimmy, they feel like they aren't doing enough. Obviously, we spoke on our show one-on-one about the jerseys and them only being able to have 10 to 12 choices and not being able to have their own customized message on the back of their jerseys. So I think for the players, especially with the Bucks players in particular, because Jacob Blake, that happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So I think some Bucks players must have just had enough and felt like, hey, this is bigger than basketball. We're not doing enough to share our platform. Like everyone is back into the sports world. And I think we use sports as an escape. But I think what the Bucks players showed us was that shouldn't be the case. We should be able to address what's happening in our society and enjoy sports. We shouldn't be going to sports because of what's happening around us and the fact that we don't want to look directly at it and ignore it. I mean, it can't be an escape. And I think these NBA players, Jimmy, have shown us that sports is not an escape. And if you think it is, then you need to reevaluate why you watch sports and why you love sports, because what they're doing right now is historic. We don't see things like this. Four years ago, Colin Kaepernick on that same day decided to sit for the national anthem. And we saw how that played out for him. So for the NBA, for a whole team to take that initiative and then for multiple teams afterwards who are playing that day to also take the initiative, I think it speaks volume about the NBA and its players and the fact that they want to use their platform for a tangible change. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the saying that I saw on social media, which is absolutely true, is you can't love, and it doesn't just go with the NBA, but you can't love black athletes on the court, on the field, on the ice, even in maybe more rare cases in the NHL, you can't love them there and not also respect and appreciate what they go through in everyday life. And, you know, we've seen that. And with the NBA guys, it's interesting because I don't want to say you could see this level of action coming, but there were guys who were really frustrated when the shooting of Jacob Flake took place. I mean, George Hill came out after I think it was game four of the Bucks Magic series and said, we shouldn't have come to this damn place, to be honest. And he's, of course, referencing the Orlando bubble. And, you know, other guys have spoken out. Jalen Brown, who wears number seven on the Celtics, said, every time I look down at that number, all I think about is how Jacob Blake was shot seven times. And you've got guys who were just 
said, look, enough is enough. And yet you have to give them credit because I think a lot of people got hung up in what's next. Okay. You boycotted a game. Well, boycott is not the right word. I shouldn't say that because it's, it's not a boycott uh, because a the players are the product. It's, it's a strike. Yeah. Um, all right. So you struck from the games. You're, you abstained from playing. You're, you're sitting out. What, what comes next? Everybody gets hung up in that partially as kind of, I think, maybe unwittingly a diversionary tactic, right, to say, okay, well, you did this, but what's actually going to come of it? And we'll get into some of that later because the NBA has announced – some of its plans this afternoon about how it wants to go forward. But the act of refusing to play a game is, is really radical. And a few years ago uh, when the Clippers were going through the Donald Sterling saga, where he said all sorts of racist stuff on a tape obtained by TMZ, uh, the Clippers and the Warriors were going to boycott if he was not banned from the NBA. And then Adam Silver took that action and, and I don't want to say everybody moved on, but the game was played and the, the playoffs went on to completion. But sitting out games is such a radical act. And it, it, I think the, the biggest thing is that it forces you to have a conversation, right? So you're a Bucks fan. You tuned in to watch that game at 4 or 4.30, whatever time it was on Wednesday. And, oh, they're not playing. Why aren't they playing? And then you have those conversations. So I think from that point of view, not playing the games, instead of, focusing on, you know, Giannis being incredible or perhaps, you know, not, uh, depending on how he would play or how the team's playing. Instead of focusing on on on-the-court stuff, you have the ability to sit back and say, okay, you know what? The the NBA is back and the playoffs are in full force, but this this is far from the most important thing that's going on right now. And I think you and I can both agree on that, that this is this is not even, you know, the results of these game sixes and maybe game sevens in a couple of series, this is, this is far, far from, from the most important thing going on in the world right now. And I think the players have refocused that conversation and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Yeah, Jimmy. And, and when you think about it, it's just crazy to see some of the feedback on social media with people who are genuinely upset that there were no games played as if Jacob Blake wasn't paralyzed. After the seven shots, a lot of people thought he may have died because he was in an induced coma. But again, this is just so much bigger than basketball. And I think for people to think about it from that side of, well, nobody's playing. What's going on? Like, you know, I'm a fan. This is what I deserve to see. You guys are here to entertain us. Well, they're not. That's not what they're just here for. That's their job. They are professional athletes. How would we like it if somebody came to our respective jobs and was telling us that we couldn't talk about issues aside from what we already do in the sports radio world? So I think about it from that. Everyone has to understand when you're working and you have your platform and some people have bigger platforms than others, there is a huge responsibility on what you do with that platform. And for these athletes, and we saw it, the NBA first, and then the WNBA, Major League Baseball, hockey took a day, but they did postpone games. It is so much bigger than sports in that we need to address what's happening as a society because what we all have in common, Jimmy, is that we all live here, we are all citizens of this country, and together we make up what this country looks like. And right now, again, the country does not look good. You know, Our reflection is not what we want it to be, 
And that's what these basketball players are trying to let us know. And that's what they're trying to tell us using their spotlight. And I, and I say, Hey, I'm all for it. You know, obviously they, they've gone forward into trying to help voter registration. A lot of the teams are using their own arenas that aren't being used right now as voting stations. So this is the type of things that you have to do because again, this is an election year. And I think it is huge. If we want to see substantial change, I think this is a great opportunity for these players to just kind of lay the groundwork for people who need to know this, who need this perspective. Absolutely. And before we move on, I want to shout out the WNBA. We, we don't talk enough about the WNBA on the show. That's a sin. That's wrong. Um, but they have been at the forefront of this for years. Uh, Maya Moore, a couple of years ago, just left the league to help uh, free uh, – convicted gentleman by the name of Jonathan Irons. And just this past July, he got out of prison partially because of the help and the publicity that Maya Moore shed on his case, which wasn't really getting much of either until she got involved. Um, so shout out to the WNBA. They've been extremely overt about this as well. Um, I remember the first game of the season, I think it was the Liberty and Seattle and they came out, both captains came out, and they said, well, we're just going to dedicate this season to Breonna Taylor. And they, they all had her name on the back of their jerseys underneath the number, I think. Uh, but they've just been really cool and really overt about this and at the front of the line, uh, even ahead of the NBA. Um, and you, you raised an interesting point before about when the NBA came back and they had kind of these messages where you had like 10 or so pre-approved things that you could choose from. And maybe that number goes up if you want to put some of those things in different languages, which a few guys have opted to do. And I was, on the one hand, I understood it because, um, you know, occasionally you get like one idiot who threatens to put something really stupid on the back of his jersey. But yeah. on the other hand, you know, you, you have this list of 10 or 12 or whatever it was pre-approved things and the worry from a lot of players, and I kind of felt this as well, and, and I've been sort of reevaluating, you know, my positions on some of this stuff with the NBA comeback as well over the last couple of days, is that it's like sanitized approved activism, if you will. Like these guys can't necessarily put things that they might want to put on the back of their jerseys. And granted, I know it's, it might not be the biggest deal as to what's on the back of a player's jersey. Some of the star guys haven't even bothered with those messages. They'll just put like Harden or James on the back. But I do think it's it, – now that I think about it a little more, it's kind of concerning that the NBA is saying, okay, well, you can say this and this and this is safe, but you can't go out there. You can't go in this direction. And I – now that I think about it more, that – sort of worries me and, and I do think things are more headed in the right direction but you have a league that at the end of the day for as progressive as its workforce might be is still kind of protecting corporate interests and and to me that's at least a little bit of a concern yeah I mean you talk about Adam Silver and the fact that a lot of these owners they have direct ties with politicians and in some of these states there are red states blue states so some of these people do not, some of these politicians, some of these leaders don't like all of this Black Lives Matter. They don't like it being and having it proverbially plastered throughout the NBA product. But again, I think it had to take a team boycotting a game and just flat out saying we're not coming out 
for, I think, Adam Silver and the NBA to really just reevaluate, did we really do enough? Have we done enough to give our players a, a big enough voice or a, more, a powerful enough voice where we haven't diluted their thoughts to just saying uh, respect or, or education reform? Can we allow them to at least elaborate further? And I think now, I think there needs to be conversations about maybe media availability, post-game, pre-game conferences, just devoting five to 10 minutes on social matters, racial injustices. I think that's what it's going to have to take, more conversation where at halftime, maybe you have players from that coalition that they've just created, maybe putting out something, uh, whether it be any statements, any conversations. I think there's more to do. And I think outlets like ESPN and TNT, NBA TV, I think they're going to work now more to just kind of drive that narrative so that we at least give enough time to promote this and so that people have a better perspective on it than just, hey, there's just Black Lives Matter on the court or just uh, certain generic statements from NBA officials. I think it needs to take more than that. And it's going to be led by the players who – make up this league. Yeah, and painting a court or wearing something different on the back of your jersey, we knew that was not going to be enough. And when the league came back, I remember a lot of the messaging was um, when, you know, the, in the month of July, was they're going to come back and they're also going to be fighting for justice. And, you know, on its face, that's obviously very good. Um, but also, I, I think this week has really laid bare that the players probably are not going to be able to do all the stuff they want to do from inside the limited scope of a bubble. And also, I think a larger part of this discussion is that this is not just the player's burden, and it shouldn't really be the player's burden, um, because you know some of them are obviously in different financial positions than others, right? LeBron James has you know, made a lot of money in his career. He's invested a lot of that in communities in which he's played, particularly Akron, Ohio. And he's now starting his More Than a Vote initiative, which I think is great with a lot of other athletes. And he's teamed up with the Dodgers to make Dodger Stadium a, a polling place on November 3rd. But everybody gets hung up in what the next steps are. And I think a lot of people have put that responsibility on the players, which I think is wrong. One, because a lot of them are you know still playing in the bubble so there's there's only so much you can do while you're still playing a lot of these guys were advocating and protests in the streets and doing a great job of that during the shutdown and a lot of that was because they weren't playing so they were they were able to go ahead and do that but since everybody seems to get hung up on what the next steps are um i'll tell you what some of the next steps are according to the nba and nba players association this is from shams sharania of the athletic and stadium uh, NBA and its players are establishing a social justice coalition, uh, which will focus on a wide range of issues, including voting access, civic engagement, and police and criminal justice reform. Uh, additionally, every city where the league franchise owns and controls arena property, team governors will continue to work with local officials to convert that facility into a voting location. Now, that's a big deal when you consider where some of these arenas are. Like, you've got a bunch of teams that and and again I, I am cautious to talk about this as a red versus blue issue because I don't think that you know protecting black lives is a red or a blue thing but you've got you know the bucks are in Wisconsin that could be a swing state you've got teams in Texas and Florida 
Uh, you've got the Hawks in Georgia. You've got the Hornets in North Carolina. Those are the ones that come to mind first. And then finally from Shams, the league will work with the players and network partners to create ad spots in each NBA playoff game dedicated to promoting greater civic engagement in national and local elections around voter access and opportunities. So it seems, Andrew, that the players have done through what has happened over the last three days, have done a good job in forcing their teams and owners hand, if you will, in uh, creating different initiatives that, hopefully can steer this more in the right direction because whatever happened over the last couple of months, whatever these teams and uh, were doing in that time with what we've seen in the past week, obviously was not enough. Yeah. And that just goes to the leadership of Chris Paul. I mean, he's the head of the players association and he was the driving force along with players like Andre Iguodala, Udonis Haslam, and I'm sure LeBron James among others and coming up with a strategic plan and I think it's so crucial to have these venues, Jimmy, that, that have tens of thousands of seats. So when you think about the capacity that they can maintain to have that as a voting station, and we know most of the time voting stations are a post office, a elementary school, a high school of some sort, but that's just not enough. And most of the times there are people waiting in line and sometimes don't, aren't there in time to get their vote casted. So if you can have places where tens of thousands of people can come through. I know there's still the COVID scare, but still to give people that avenue and that location, it is going to be crucial for an election that for a lot of people is going to tell how we go forward starting in this decade. But again, I think that is great. And I think these team governors, they have eyes politically, they can get on the phone and get on the phone with the attorney general or the governor or the senator. They can do that. So the players understand that and they are telling owners, hey, we're your players. We're asking you to do this for us. Or like you just saw, we won't play a game. And yeah, it is a financial hit for everyone involved and it could turn messy. But I think most of the players, and when you heard from Chris Haynes that the Lakers and the Clippers were two teams that were ready to, to just go do away with the postseason and go home, those are two likely favorites for the championship, Jimmy. So when you think of two teams that were willing to sacrifice the season and their championship aspirations to do more work back in Los Angeles, that sends volumes to the league. And I think a lot of teams, they wanted to play, but I'm sure there's a really good contingency that were content with sacrificing everything. But again, at the end of the day, I think everyone agrees, Jimmy, that staying in the bubble and having this spotlight on you may be more beneficial in order to promote racial and social justice. Yeah, and we were both following along. I'm sure you were too. There was this big meeting on Wednesday night with all the players who were still in the bubble from the 13 teams. And I, I think it was a lot of things coming to a head at that point. And the Lakers and the Clippers were like, look, not enough's being done. There's no plan in place to... Uh, promote civic engagement while still also being in the bubble. And they were like, okay, well, we're out of here. And it wasn't, you know, like a formal vote. It was more just like exit polling, if you will. And, and one piece of reporting I saw today, I don't remember from who, was that when LeBron James saw what the plan was, he was immediately back in with staying in the bubble, finishing out the season. And I think another part of this too and obviously the 
racism and the social justice thing is by far the most important thing here. But I wonder to what extent also that players are frustrated with being within the bubble that they can't go out within their communities at a time when usually this would be the off season and they could go out to their communities. Or even if we were in a normal season where teams would play at home and guys would you know, live with their families. I wonder if there isn't some frustration there that they can't do that. And I think there are good arguments on both sides, right? There's the argument. And, and by the way, I just want to say this. We need to apologize to Kyrie Irving. Uh, oh, Kyrie yeah, Irving sure. in early to mid June was, I don't even think he was advocating for it personally. He was just putting it on the table that basketball was going to distract from what was going on. And he was dismissed as a lunatic. And that wound up being absolutely right, Andrew. And also Lou Williams at one point had stated that he thought it was a wrong idea to go into the bubble and resume a season. So we heard this before and, and I feel bad because Kyrie, he did get bashed. A lot of people thought that he was talking crazy but this is what we were saying and I think what people didn't realize Jimmy is I don't think they expected something else to happen during this bubble I don't think anybody expected the situation with Jacob Blake and I think that's where we went wrong thinking that all of a sudden once everything goes and sports are resumed that there isn't going to be another incident like this because it's happened it's been consistent and I think a lot of people were not even thinking no nothing's going to happen that would that would mess this bubble up at all. But again, we saw what happened in Kenosha and really Kyrie just said it best until we address this issue and eliminate these injustices that are happening and come up with some reform in order to stop it moving forward. Then, you know, playing basketball just doesn't make sense because it's not enough. But now again, we talked about this social justice coalition. There is a strategic plan into place because that's what it's got to be. Jimmy, it's got to be something with substance. It just can't be words. There has to be a full action plan. And now there is something in place and we can only hope that moving forward, there can be more conversations, more honest dialogues about these issues because sports is not absolved from what's happening in the real world. In fact, they coincide perfectly. I mean, these are regular, a lot of these basketball players are just regular guys who you would see walking in the street and you may not even know as a basketball player. Not everyone's LeBron, not everyone is a Kawhi Leonard, a Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. But, but that's the thing. At the end of the day, they are essentially just regular people, just like you and I. And they, must, they have to be treated as such and their opinion needs to be valued as such. Well, I mean, even look at the guys on the Bucks. I mean, Sterling Brown, dealt with an instance of his case is still open right now yeah Yeah, sterling brown john henson going back a few years uh tabo cephalosha on the hawks uh i think it was with the hawks at the time yes Uh, he was pretty sure he dealt with something like that in 2014 or 2015 i mean these guys are athletes and by some extension they are quote-unquote famous but that cachet that label you know, when they go into their everyday lives and they're not on the court or on the field, you know, as we've seen with these examples in the NBA, that doesn't save you. And they're dealing with this in their everyday lives. And just because they're athletes and they're making X million dollars doesn't mean that they are immune, far from it, as a matter of fact, to these consequences of what it means to be uh, a black man or woman in America, that a lot of these uh, men and women 
because there have been, you know, plenty of accounts in the WNBA. I think Natasha Cloud said something really powerful the other day about her experiences with this stuff that they have come forward and said, look, I mean, we might be heroes in our line of work to some people, but once that's done, we are, we are subject to the same effects that every other black person in this country has to deal with. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. And I think it all gets encompassed by the documentary LeBron James had being more than an athlete. Can you be that? And I think Natasha Cloud, as you mentioned, she is sitting out the season in order to continue fighting racial injustices around the country in protest. So I think that's it as an athlete. I mean, can you do more than just what you're good at on the court, on the field? And we're seeing here in the NBA first and the WNBA that these athletes are prepared to talk and have these honest conversations and these thought-provoking conversations. And now I think it's got to move on to other sports where I think it's a little bit more taboo, like Major League Baseball, like the National Football League, where owners and players aren't necessarily in lockstep about this conversation. So I think it's important for basketball as a sport to continue doing what they're doing because it is progressing. And I think it is, it's becoming a better effect on these other professional sports leagues here in North America to start raising that question because just because the percentage of black athletes in the NHL in baseball isn't as high as it is in basketball or in football, it doesn't mean that their voices don't matter any less. So I think it's great to see that all of these sports leagues now are kind of just taking the stance of the WNBA, of the NBA, and really giving their players more of a chance to just have these discussions and go about some sort of change. Yeah, I mean, the NHL postponed all of its games last night. They just decided not to play. Um, and I, I was particularly moved by the words of, of two people. I know this is a basketball show, but I'm also veering out into other sports. So Doc Rivers first, uh, what he said the other night about how we keep loving this country and it doesn't love us back. And it was just, it was heartbreaking to, to listen to that. And Doc Rivers is a guy who has a really unique uh, perspective on this. His father was a police officer for many years. So he, he's seen each side of that. And it, it was really, really uh, moving. And uh, it was hard to hear him kind of in that state and, and how moved and upset he was. And the other person I was really moved by along those lines was uh, Dominic Smith on the Mets. Um, if, you, if you haven't seen what he said after the game on Wednesday night, go ahead and watch it. Uh, it's raw emotional uh, from a guy who um, you know when I covered the team last year is one of the happiest most outgoing uh, freewheeling guys around just like a really fun dude to be around and um, yeah to see him uh, affected and emotional by what has transpired with Jacob Blake uh, but also the accumulation of uh, events in this country over the past few years uh, was really moving and really heartfelt. So I would suggest all of you to go watch that. But it's one of those things when you hear guys like that in positions of power saying what they said, Andrew, I think it's hard not to be moved by what they shared and uh, how they felt in their, their personal experience. 
Yeah, and Jimmy, we, we've seen that stigma in sports where you can't be vulnerable. You know, you can't show weakness. You know, you can't show emotion. You know, that, that's not good for the mental health of the game, quote unquote. But again, at the end of the day, with everything we're seeing, you know, at some point enough is enough. And, and, you know, I'll get emotional talking about it, but everyone needs to hear this. And I don't care if you're just watching it because you want to know what the final score is. You need to hear what these coaches, what these players are saying, because again, they are just like everyone else at the end of the day, just regular people trying to live a fulfilling life. And for black people, that is not possible right now. There are things happening that really are just horrifying and makes me just upset for our future. What about the next generation? And I think that's what we're thinking about at the end of the day is how can we make this world better for the young kids, whether it be black, white, Latino, Asian, what can we do to make sure that, that when they're old enough that we left this place better than it was 50 years ago when people were marching, protesting and looking for, for civil rights and Martin Luther King Jr. and all that, that, you know, that was 50, 60 years ago. And, and we still haven't seen great enough change, Jimmy. So to hear that from Doc Rivers and to just say, you know, he said it best when he said, I should just be a coach. That's all he should be there for, just to answer questions about the game, preview the next game strategy. He shouldn't have to be answering questions about another case of an unarmed black man or woman dying. And I think, I think they've just had enough and it's time for us to start talking more about that and less about what's happening on the court and on the field. Yeah. And I'll, I'll give you the final word on this uh, in a moment. I, I remember being struck in either May or June by one protest, I don't remember where it was, but some woman who was like 80 years old was holding up a sign saying 60 years later, I can't believe I'm still protesting this. Like in some ways we've made progress, I think, but in, in other ways we still have so far to go. And uh, I think this week has laid that bare, but I think the NBA and the WNBA are, are committed to making sure that their opportunity in their bubbles doesn't go to waste to also shine a light on these issues. So I think as bad as it is what is happening right now in the country, what they're also doing to shine a light on that, if anything good can come out of this situation, Andrew, I think it would be that. Yeah, and that's the thing, using that determination and that passion that these athletes have in their respective sport and using that passion here in our society to inflict change and, and the right type of change where we can have these conversations and talk about police brutality and, and talk about racial injustice, whether it be in the workplace or in the educational system. These are conversations that we need to have that we should have had a long time ago. Yeah. But again, sometimes it just takes one person or a group of people to say, you know what, we need to talk about this there's nothing else more important than this. And I think for athletes in their sport and with that spotlight and that platform, they are deciding, hey, we're more than athletes. You know, there's more to us than just what you think we're supposed to be doing for you. And now I think more people will understand that. And those who criticize, I think sooner or later, they will come to understand that this world it's more important than wins and losses, Jimmy, on a court or on a baseball field, on a football field. It's more important than a final score. And I think we need to worry about that first before we can truly enjoy what sports is really about, which is about camaraderie, which is about being on a team 
and caring for your teammates. That's what we should be doing. We should have that mentality here because at the end of the day, we're on the same team here in this country and we need to act like that and we aren't and something's got to give. Absolutely. And before we wrap this up, I just want to note a couple of things. I saw a poll today that showed that two in three Americans support what's going on in the NBA right now, which I was encouraged by personally. I want to shout out two people before we wrap up here. Uh, Craig Hodges, back in 1991 on the Bulls, um, had urged his teammates, namely Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, uh, to boycott game one of the finals after the Rodney King shooting in L.A. They did not oblige. Uh, Craig Hodges was out of the league a year or two later. And uh, Mahmoud abdur Rauf was on the Nuggets in the 90s. Um, and he uh, got vilified because he didn't even come out of the locker room for the national anthem because he, uh, similar to what Colin Kaepernick said actually a few years ago, that he didn't feel like it represented everything that the country was supposed to stand for for all people. So I want to shout out those two guys also because I think I'd be remiss not to mention them in this entire discussion and how far ahead of their time they were and how much they really bore the brunt and sacrificed uh, in terms of what's going on now. Uh, we'll talk about matchups some other time. Uh, this is not the time or the place for it. Um, NBA basketball is back tomorrow. Uh, don't let your enjoyment of the games cloud the important stuff that is really going on right now. This has been Pick and Pod. We'll see you next week. For Andrew Posadas, I'm Jimmy Sullivan.